Hello, and welcome to Gamer Noob, a side podcast that I, Mandy MJ, am doing alongside our newest adventure, Live from the Night Owl Flashback. Be forewarned, there are massive spoilers in this side podcast. I wanted to chronicle my journey as a new game master, so I talk a lot about my expectations and what I think will happen prior to running my first session. So if you want to hear how the crew handles my adventure without any preconceived ideas, Check out the first episode of Live from the Night Owl Flashback, which will be live at the same time as this episode. Otherwise, enjoy my rants and ravings about running my first session. And welcome to Noob Gaming, a supplement podcast to our Live from the Night Owl flashback series. I'm your host, Mandy MJ. Now, this is a series that I wanted to do because I am a new GM and I wanted to kind of document everything that I am doing as a new GM and kind of talk about my experiences. The big thing to note here is that this is airing alongside our flashback series. So don't worry, I'm not going to give anything away. My players aren't going to hear anything. This is just between me and the microphone right now. So to start out, this is actually the day that we are gaming. I mean, we are going to be leaving in about 40 minutes to go to our friend's house to start the this game and I am super nervous so I'm sure you can hear it in my voice I I'm kind of like a little bit hyperventilating um <laughs> I'm really really nervous um so I guess I'm gonna go ahead and talk about my fears first I am really nervous because we're playing in the Star Wars system and this system is one that we all know pretty well and I'll talk about why I'm deciding to DM my first game in the Star Wars system later but what makes me so nervous is that because we all know the system on a a base level at least I'm nervous that everyone else is going to ask me questions and I'm not going to know how to answer that Um, both within like game mechanics but also within the storyline so I'm very very nervous about that I would say the other thing that I'm nervous about just because I don't know how it's going to go down is exactly how much I'm going to have to improvise. So I've written up the storyline and it's pretty straightforward. They should get to it pretty quickly and, and go through it. And that's another thing. I'm not sure how long that's going to take or even how long this whole adventure is going to take. But a lot of what I have already prepared is very bare bones. I have everything statted out for characters and I have kind of like, I think I feel like I have the beginning ready to go and I have the end ready to go. And the middle, which is of course, the part that they are going to be making up because or they're going to be making up through their choices. That's the part that I don't know how that's going to go. And it makes me very, very nervous. But taking a step back, I wanted to talk a little bit about my history with RPGs. Uh, Don't worry, it's very short. I am a theater girl who grew up with Star Wars. And I heard about D&D all the time from my dad. And I, I always thought it would be a really interesting thing to do. Dungeons and Dragons always sounded really interesting, especially when I was getting into Lord of the Rings in my middle school years. I was intrigued by it and and intrigued by the idea of role-playing games. I used to write fan fictions and such, so the idea of creating characters and storylines and getting really into them was very appealing to me. But 
didn't have any friends who did that kind of thing until college, which is when I started dating my husband, who told me he played D&D. And I was like, oh, well, I've always been interested in D&D. So he brought me along to a game. And that first game that I played, I had (laughs) no idea what I was doing. That game was really tough for me. And his brother was running it. He probably didn't really know how much hand-holding I needed or even that it was my first game. So first game was a little rough, but then I had but then I had a couple friends in college who were running games and that for the life of me I cannot remember the system. I just remember that I needed a lot of D10s. <laughs> um but I I decided to play with them and it it was okay from what I remember. I think I played maybe one or two sessions. Uh but the thing that I will never forget is being berated by one of the players and this was somebody who played RPGs and was really into LARPing and things like that. And I will never forget her telling me uh that I was making the wrong decisions because I was making them the way that I would make them instead of how my character was making them. So I basically gave up on gaming after that. I, I figured this this just wasn't for me. It was something, it was interesting to try once, but clearly this was not meant to be. But then we met Zach and Caitlin and Zach was going to be working at the same place my husband was. And we played a couple games together uh, before they graduated from college, a lot of board games and card games. And when we all moved down here, I forget who suggested it, but someone suggested that we try a role playing game. And I figured, you know what? Sure, sure. Let's, uh, let's see where this goes. It's probably not going to last wrong because apparently I can't play it right. And We have been playing together once a week normally now for over a year now, and I have just absolutely loved it, and I've never looked back, and it's really, it is... And gaming has really become the highlight of of my week and, and what I look forward to and what I enjoy. Uh, so that's that's my history with RPGs. And so I, I know very little. I'm definitely still in the beginner stages of learning different games. Now, that being said, we got very into Star Wars right about the time that The Force Awakens was coming out. And so we decided to try the Star Wars campaign. And... Uh, As someone who really isn't into statistics and numbers, I found that I just absolutely love the Star Wars system through Fantasy Flight Games because the most important thing for me is it allows a narrative to take over the story. That is so important to me and it allows the characters to really grow. And I'm not saying you can't do that in D&D and Pathfinder and other RPGs. I just found that in Star Wars, the system specifically encourages you to grow into that. Now, if you're not sure how the game works, uh, we do play it live from the Night Owl and live from the Night Owl flashback, both use the system. But to give a basic overview, it has successes. But to give a basic overview, you can roll either successes, advantages, failures, disadvantages, or triumphs and despairs. And I'm positive I'm not using those names correctly, but that's what I've grown to call them, which, like I said before, gives a really great narrative. So you're you're still able to take ranks and things and be better at certain skills. But what's so great is that you could get a success and you can succeed at whatever you're trying to do, but you could also have disadvantages. So something either narratively or mechanically doesn't go quite the way you think. And one of the best examples of that, I don't believe we have this recorded, but there was a session where we were 
more or less robbing a bank. I believe we were trying to get some stolen plans. And my character, Kava, rolled a failure with a bunch of successes to avoid uh, a security camera. So that let us get really creative. And I think the end result that we had was... The cameras did pick her up and did see her, but because I had so many advantages, we made the decision that the person who was watching the cameras didn't see them right now. So things like that, and I mean, even if you get a triumph, which is a really good thing happens um, with a failure, like you you have to work that out. And I, I think that's just so much fun. And even though the system does give you some base ideas for when that kind of thing happens, it really allows you to be creative and let a story unfold. Now, that kind of gets into why I chose this system to be the first system that I DM'd in. And the what I've found through us playing is that everybody collaborates on the story. So if you don't have certain ideas about something, one of the players may have an idea. I know me as a player, I, I give suggestions all the time. So even though a GM might be overwhelmed as, you know, I'm sure you know, things will happen that are going to get overwhelming to me. The players are able to give suggestions. So you aren't making, you can still make the ultimate call, but you don't have to come up with everything before or during. And I really think it allows for a much more collaborative play experience. So now all of this leads back to my first experience as being a game master. And um, as somebody who really enjoys storytelling and researching and coming up with different characters, I, I really think it was inevitable that I was going to eventually play in a game. And then as I said earlier, as of right now, we haven't played. So if this goes well, hopefully I'll continue GMing and uh, obviously I'll keep update through this podcast. But back to the game. I I started planning this game, just was thinking about what kind of different storylines we could have. And uh, when I decided I was going to officially plan a session, uh, I decided that the most important thing to start out with was the trigger or like what was going to start the adventure. Because right now I'm dealing with a crew that for the most part has already worked together on several different occasions. Uh, The only new person will be our GM for the Live from the Night Owl main storyline, Caitlin. But I kind of know their person personalities now and I wanted to make a storyline or have a trigger that would make them want to do the adventure and I decided that I was going to use Kelko and specifically use somebody from his past because then Kelko would have a closer connection to this character and that would ideally push these characters all to actually take on the adventure rather than it feeling really contrived and you know just walking in and finding a random person to get a job from or something like that. And the one of the other reasons I chose Kelko is because Evelyn, who is a Padawan still, um, she was in the Jedi Order, and this is post-Order 66, which means that most likely a lot of her past acquaintances are dead, and Baxter, our droid, at this point in the storyline, is brand new to the crew. So the only people that he would know are the crew. Uh, I also, as a, another side note, uh, I wanted to pick Kelko because I knew that as a player... Cody was going to be much more willing to push the crew into doing an adventure. And I I felt like I kind of needed that little bit of extra help, even though I totally trust my gaming group to help me out. 
I just, I knew that was going to be a solid way to get them into this adventure. Once I had the initial character in mind, which is this old acquaintance of Kelko, it's going to be this uh, old Rodian kind of general of his, because he was a pirate king. Uh, I needed a quest and a reason for them to do this quest. So I came up with the idea that this old acquaintance was very sick when she called, uh, and that the crew would need to retrieve the medicine. Now, for me, I believe this allows just a really nice, simple plot. Uh, you know, at this point, I don't have any enemies in mind. The appeal to Kelko would be that it's an old friend asking for a favor. The appeal to Evelyn would be that this person is sick, and, you know, there's a, a certain loyalty that she would expect Kelko to have. Uh, and then uh, the appeal to Baxter would simply be that he would go along with Kelko. And the immediately and the immediate problem that I could see myself having are I wasn't sure what kind of character Caitlin was going to play. And as of right now, actually, with about 20 minutes to go, uh, I still don't know exactly what she's playing. Uh, she mentioned that she might be a bounty hunter, but there's been nothing clear yet. So I... So getting her into the adventure was going to be a little bit difficult. And then, of course, the other problem, what kind of enemies was I going to have? If they just had to retrieve medicine, what were they going to run into? This then led to all of my research, and I'm going to start this by saying I have probably researched more crap and know more things than I'm ever going to need to know for this quest, but I feel good because I feel like I know it. But my first instinct was to look up medical companies in Star Wars, and... Believe me, between the EU and Wikipedia, it was really easy to find one. I actually did not use the book for this at all. And the medical company that I found was Adaska Biomedical Corporation, which is based out of the planet Arcania. So I was like, okay, I, I looked more into the planet and what I had to deal with there. And that's where it got really fun. So Arcania is an icy snow planet, definitely from the EU. It's one of the colonies, it's one of the planets in the colonies region, which that's a really fascinating idea, which uh, since planets in Star Wars all just have one ecosystem type, um, the idea of the colonies region is that these planets were providing something uh, really useful for the galaxy or the the empire and, and everything, the galactic senate and all that fun stuff, which means that you have like a gardening planet. And what Arcania was known for was specifically mining like diamonds and gems and things like that. But on this planet, there's a lot of mountains, a lot of cliffs because of this mining, a lot of uh, tunnels and things like that. Uh, and then I got to the Arcanians themselves, uh, which is the primary race on the planet. They're very much, if you think of Slytherins in uh, Harry Potter, very much about the purebred, which is funny because that being said, uh, they are very scientific, very smart beings, and they meddle with other sentients. So there's actually two different species that have kind of merged with the Arcanians and are their own thing. Uh, I believe one of them is called the Sylph, which is, uh, it's basically the elf of um, the Star Wars universe. Just like I said, more than I'm ever going to need to know for this, but just very interesting. But what I found really fun was that there used to be old Sith library caverns. And when I officially got all of the the history and the years lined up. It didn't quite fit with the time period for the quest, uh, but I still figured there was a lot that I could do with that. Um, but what happened with these, these library caverns uh, from the Sith is they were there, I believe it's like 7,000 or 6,000 BBY and all that fun stuff. <laughs> so really, really long ago. 
And eventually an Arcanian Jedi, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he cleared out all the caverns of, I believe it was Sith Taint. Just an interesting thing to, to find out. Um, so, so all of this research, of course, got me thinking. Well, we're in a year where the Empire is still gaining momentum. We're playing in the year 13 BBY, um, the Battle of Yavin, which is the Death Star battle, I believe. And somebody is probably going to call me out on that. But that was in zero BBY because I, I believe it's before Battle of Yavin. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> um, so this is in a year where the Empire is still gaining momentum and Jedi aren't really anywhere. And so I was like, OK, I, I want to use this Sith thing because, you know, I have a Padawan in my crew. So that could be really fun. And originally, my thought was going to be that we were going to have a Force user that was dabbling in the dark side. So maybe not a Hand or an Inquisitor, but just somebody who had found these caverns and had broken into them. And they were leaking this virus, which is how Kelko's friend had caught it. But unfortunately, that that did run into some problems. Um, problem one was that uh, for my first game, I really wasn't interested in dealing with the Force. I'm I'm still learning how to do it in the main storyline, and so I didn't want to be in charge of a quest where that was a big plot point. I also knew that Evelyn has a nemesis in our main storyline. Uh, so even if we haven't met that person yet, I, I wanted to leave that for our game master for the main story to reveal and everything. Uh, the other problem is I didn't want to alienate the other players. The only person who is force sensitive is Evelyn. And even though Caitlin might be playing a character that's force sensitive, uh, that still cuts out two people very quickly. And then my third problem, which is from me doing even more research, um, viruses could work that way, but it was it was going to be very difficult to have to explain why an entire planet hadn't already contracted the disease. So then I decided to move on and deal with the virus uh, because I, I wanted to stick with that plot point uh, and keep going with it. So after trying out a couple different ideas and looking at how viruses spread, um, I decided to go with the idea that this is a very old virus called the arcane fever and this virus has resurfaced. So it's kind of like in the way of chicken pox where it's a treatable thing or at least the old version was a treatable thing. Uh, very easy to, you know, have a, a small symptom and then move on. Uh, but at this point, for some reason, it's mutated. So that works on a couple different levels. So this this new meta or this new virus has resurfaced. And uh, so nobody quite knows how to deal with it being mutated. So it can't just be immediately um, taken care of. But also I had the idea that the Empire had closed down this factory because they've done that on other worlds and uh, they've closed it down to reevaluate, put in Empire friendly workers and raise the price of med medicine, things like that. Just trying to control, um, control all, control everything being produced. <clears throat> And what I decided for having the vice, and what I decided for having the vice, and I decided for the virus to have mutated, uh, there was a mad Arcanian scientist who has hidden himself away in the factory. This means that Kelko's old friend somehow got in there, 
got the virus from him. In my head, it's kind of like when you get a shot. So it's, you know, he just kind of stuck that in her. And that's how she has it. And then this way, it is a virus that is passed on through like, I don't really know how to say this, I guess goopiness. (laughs) Um, Because I'm sure it's different. I mean, it's not really different across species. But you know, passed on through like, blood or spit or things like that. So Kelko's old friend who only has herself in a droid wouldn't have been able to pass this on as of right now. So that means the virus is very contained. It works out for the storyline. Now, at this point, I think that this opens up some really great options. This means that the Empire's around, which adds a lot of minion enemies. I also have a mad scientist enemy as well. And I decided I was going to take that mad scientist idea one step further because Arcanians are known for having ex- or at least are rumored to have experimented on other sentients. So I created yet another enemy. Yaka are a sentient being that they're kind of dumb. So the web... So from what I found out about them, they are big, burly, have a bunch of cybernetics, and have no emotions from being experimented on. And this is this is going to be like my big bodyguard for this mad scientist. And my thought is that the scientist is probably not going to really fight. Like he has a little bit of an ability to fight back, but really it's going to be this Yaka experiment that is going to be protecting him. I figured that's also why the end why the Empire has not yet been able to get him out, which I'll decide this probably spur of the moment if the Empire even knows that he's there or if they've already found him or not, because I haven't officially decided that yet. So the way I see it, this quest kind of has a couple different ways that it can go. Um, the crew is either going to try to get the mad scientist's data get the mutated virus that the mad scientist has or find the old medicine and bring it back to Kelko's friend. And maybe the droid can come up with some way to fix it so that it takes care of the mutated virus as well. Uh, Because right now the medicine is not available due to the empire shutting down the factory. That being said, I really didn't want to give up on the old Sith library. And I decided to work it out so that instead of focusing on the crew trying to find the caverns, uh, my plan is I'm going to have Evelyn as a force user roll to see if they feel colder than normal. And I think this works great because this is a cold planet. So depending on the roll, it could cancel out. She could just feel normal cold. Uh, I don't think it's it's ever going to really hit her. It might hit her player, but her as a character may not necessarily understand it. Now, if Evelyn decides that she wants to explore, what she's going to find is an old, like, like an old giant room with an altar where a dark side force user has clearly been fairly recently and a bunch of broken bits of Jedi holocrons that only a master could put together. So this way, she can't do anything with them, but it gives her something to do and something to have in the back of her brain and be aware of. Now, of course, knowing this crew, they're probably going to do something completely different. And that is one of my fears. Hopefully uh, it all goes well. <laughs> um, the other thing is that if this goes really well, this could become a continuing campaign. So I really wanted to do something unexpected that would keep this just from being a really straight on the rails quest where they just kill everybody. So I decided I was going to create a nemesis. 
and that nemesis is Arsene. She is a very generic nemesis, but she is a bounty hunter who's not really on good terms with the Empire, and her brother is the mad scientist. So the reason that she's there is she's come to retrieve him. This gives her motivation to attack the crew uh, because they're wanted, or at least Kelko is, but they're attacking her brother. Now, that being said, I don't want her to completely demolish them. I just want her and her brother to be a potential threat in the future. So I'm really, really excited about them. I really hope they work out because... I really like them as characters, too, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really anxious, though, to see how the players that want to kill everything react to a nemesis because I have a feeling they're going to get very defensive, and I don't want them to. I just don't want them killing off all of my enemies yet. So like I said earlier, um, we are about to go play. So up until this point, everything that I've been doing is merely filler stuff. You know, I've been making maps and getting some pictures together because I like the idea of visual aids. And I was really worried about stats, but I just did those earlier today. And I used a couple cheat sheets, which I can probably put as a link in uh, the show notes. But I was really worried about those, and I, I feel okay now. It's just going to be whether or not they feel that my stats are fair or not, and I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely worried about that part, but we'll, we'll see what they think. And originally, we were going to have a new player. We just had a new friend move down to Indianapolis with us, and he wants to play the system. And we were really excited to have him, uh, and we thought using my campaign, since it's not the main storyline, would be a great way to get him into it. But unfortunately, he's not going to be there tonight. So it's just going to be uh, the main five people that you can hear on Live from the Night Owl. Uh, so we've got Zach as Evelyn, Vinny as Baxter, Cody as Kelco, and Caitlin as Question Mark, and me as the very nervous, very on edge GM. So we are about four minutes from me having to leave. So I am going to wrap this up. I am super, super anxious. Uh, I'm getting more and more nervous, but I just have to keep telling myself I have everything in place and I just need to let them do their thing because it is very likely that the whole middle part of this, which I haven't planned, is going to go really well because it's just going to be them making decisions and deciding how they are going to get to my end quest. So I will record either tomorrow or today's Wednesday. So I'll either record tomorrow or Friday or Saturday. So you guys can hear how this went. Uh, but obviously you guys will be hearing this after we've played enough sessions that I feel like it's okay for me to upload this podcast and not spoil anything. So until next time, I am Mandy MJ, a very, very new GM. And I will let you guys know how it goes with Noob Gamer. Bye, everyone.